All right. Welcome. It's uh, Josh Ann hosting tonight. And it's going to be Scoop TV, uh, USC versus Arizona in review. Brandon will be joining us here shortly. He's feeding the kids. So he's going to meander on in here momentarily, hopefully. Hello, Josh. How's it going, everybody? Happy to be here. What a game. What a time to be a USC fan. Do you want to do your favorite Clay Helton? Happy Sunday evening, everybody. Oh, I heard it. It was there. It was there. So you had a chance. I was on the road driving home. Scott and I were uh, coming back from Tucson. You had a chance to uh, to watch Clay offer his answers. So before you and I and Brandon start reviewing the game, you know, give us a real quick update. Some of the, I guess, important stuff that came out of that. Right, right. So first, we'll start with the injuries. Um, I'll just run through them real quick. Yeah. Uh, Palaye Naoteote. Uh, Clay said he went through concussion protocol and also dealt with a leg, lower leg contusion. Um, Jude Wolf re-aggravated his ankle, although he did, you know, play the most of the game. Right. Mo Hassan, he was not present and will be out the next three or four weeks with compartment syndrome. Drake Jackson received an IV, which is right. why you saw him come in and out. Right, right, right. right. Mm -hmm. Elijah Winston, linebacker, is pretty much out for the season. Clay didn't say out for the season, but he said his ankle injury is severe. Um, so that tells you what you need to know. Juliana Falanico is off the water treadmill this week and will start working on land. Um, Clay says he's probably going to need a few more weeks. And then Caleb Tremblay was out yesterday with stingers. So basically what I just heard there, um, the linebacker group, which can use some reinforcement help, is uh, not getting any. And um, it's a good thing that Drake Jackson was able to come back into the game after a quick IV. Yeah, no, definitely. That's that's pretty much what happened. Um, other than that, we can talk about what Clay said. Um, yeah. First, first we'll talk about the uh, short yardage issues. Um, somebody asked, I forgot, I forgot who asked, but somebody basically asked, you know, will you ever go under center in, in that situation? And Clay basically said, that's not. It's basically he basically said that's not in our DNA. We're not going to do that, which, which to was, me is fine. Okay, but was he pressed at all? I mean, was it basically one question? You got the answer, and then yeah. Forward? I mean, coach has a tendency of answering it in a way that kind of just leaves you, like, what am I supposed we, to make yeah, of that? Know. Yes, yes, yeah. we know. you're not so, going to get anything further. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. But basically, he said it's not in our DNA, which is fine to me, but. To me, you have to have a better solution than running the same play over and over again. Is my what my response would be to that? I, I agree, and you know, I, I guess, and you know, I'm I don't know if we can really push it or belabor the issue as Brandon jumps in here. Mm -hmm. um, however, I will make the rhetorical response, and you know, if this happens to make it make its way into Heritage Hall, great. You know, yesterday's game. Well, let me ask you, Josh, would you agree that that Arizona and USC run similar offensive concepts? Yeah, relatively. I saw a couple of things there that uh, that were really similar. Uh, okay. For example, they the quick game. They each other out. They run the, their, their offense The quick out. game, especially with the with having two receivers on one side, throwing out, quick, throwing out quick to one and having the other one block. That's the type of thing. Getting your playmakers on space. Yeah, it, in a lot of ways, it is it is similar to me. Right. Basically, though, they run their offense out of the shotgun. Yes. However, 
And in their one opportunity that presented itself where they needed short yardage, fourth and what, one or less than a yard, they got their quarterback under center. So that's probably not part of their DNA either. This is something that could be a part of any team's DNA. This is, you know, it's a matter of putting your quarterback under center on occasion, one, two, three, four times a game and leaning forward for a yard. They used to do it with Sam Darnold, used to do it with Carson Palmer, Matt Leinert. Why is it not work in 2020? You know, I'm, look, we're all about social distancing. In this situation, get up as close as you can. You know, Brandon, welcome to the show. You know, what are your feelings on this? Um, I've been a uh, thank you for having me again tonight, fellas. But uh, I've been a strong caveat of getting under center for a long time. I just feel like you're handicapping yourself. It's almost like playing basketball with just your right hand. Yeah, you know, you're just taking an option away that is part of the game. I feel. Yeah, I mean, it's not even you're, you're handicapping yourself because you've got your running back already five yards behind the line of scrimmage. The quarterback is showing no threat of even keeping the ball in that, you know, RPO look. The defense is already just crashing down. They know what's coming. And they're, right. we talked about this last week. They're not even changing the snap count. You know, it's, it's one fake clap and then it's clap and boom, the defense knows where to go. So, you know what, get creative, do something different because you can't keep doing this. You know what, USC won the turnover battle, but they lost the turnover battle on downs. I mean, Josh, you, I don't know if you have the stats in front of you, but time of possession, USC was on, the, you know, they were trailing in, in pretty much all the relative stats. And it's because their offense just could not get out of their own way. Uh, you know, what was it last week? They finished the game five penalties for 59 yards. They yeah, had that in what, they, the first they, quarter? They had they 11 penalties that. for 110 yards, I believe. Yeah, this that's, just, that's regression. That's 2018, 2019, all wrapped up in a bow. And, and then the, the spots that the penalties came in couldn't have been. Right. You know, the worst spot, you know, down at the red zone, down on the one. You turn a third and one into a third and 11. How do you come out of a delay of, you know, a, a, a penalty where you're, what was it, illegal procedure or a delay of, delay of game? Was... And then right after that, they got a right. second penalty. It went from, like you said, third and one to, or fourth and one to, we got to kick the field goal, and then they missed the field goal. And then we missed, yeah. Right. So, you know, it's just, and in those situations where they want to go tempo, like you said, if you have that option of getting up under center, you know, wow, quarterback is up there, you're not really so much worried about, right? you know, the procedure part of it. You don't have to get guys, uh, uh, lined up and knowing that knowing that they're already the pressure is on them from previous third and ones fourth and ones where they run in the same thing and they they haven't had much success i mean josh i mean you want to you want to wrap wrap this up on this one so we don't get carried away and start this tangent forever because we no i mean let me just let me just say some more stats time of possession was virtually the same okay. usc was at twenty nine fifty six. arizona was at 30 minutes and four seconds 
Um, third down conversions, USC was five of 13. Um, yeah, I mean, you know. I know Arizona won that, that, that said. USC might have caught them because of that late, you know, their last drive where they had to. Right. Make they put up. a lot of things together. And that's what's most frustrating, right? Because at the end of the game, they'll put together their drive where it's like, where was this for, you know, however many minutes before? Why are we, why so, are these concepts now just appearing? Let, let's segue into that, you know. Is USC a two-minute offense? Is that who they are? Is that their identity? It's, it's such a strange identity to have where for, you know, let's call it 58 minutes of the game or, or the first 50 minutes of the game, USC is pretty much just playing down to the level of competition. And, and, and you look at the caliber of athletes USC has and you can't figure out why. You know, and then in that last 10 minutes, they look like the superstars they're supposed to be. You know, what do you what do you pin that on? Where do you what do you attribute that to? It's it's hard to put your finger on because it's so strange to see on a week to week basis from the same team. Josh, before I offer my opinion, what's your opinion? What's the common denominator or denominators? It's uh, one person. And I think we all know who that person is, you know, it's it's at some point it's a culture. Right. And so if the head man isn't setting that tone. And we can talk all we every we did the same thing last year. We're doing it again this year. We talked six seven months. We talked six seven months about a new new discipline. I remember it was a whole big deal when they brought refs to practice. Last it wasn't this year, but it was the year before that. And at right, some point, right. it just it, it is who you are as a team. It is who you right. are as a as an organization, if you will. And so yeah, I mean, it's just it's it starts with clay and it ends with clay. So look, you brought up the word discipline. And you brought up penalties a few moments ago. I think we should back to this because it does affect the rhythm of the game, not just on offense, but also on defense. Because this is what, it's momentum shifts back and forth. It's, Absolutely. USC's team is like a rubber band that just keeps getting stretched right. and stretched. And eventually, you know, it's going to snap or, or, or just crack right. a half. So, you know, the, they're playing great. The team is actually playing really good defense. Overall, they're playing really well. But then the, the undisciplined penalty pop up on a third down and keep a drive alive. Exactly. If it doesn't get off the field, the offense can't get back on and maybe try and generate some momentum of their own. It's a constant struggle. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, before the game, you know, yesterday I was watching the, the Fox, you know, Big Fox, Fox's Big Sports Show, whatever they're calling it. And Urban Meyer has his Urban Meyerisms and they said, checking under the hood. What does that mean? And it's, you know, Josh, you said the common denominator, it's, it's the coach, but it's also the players. The coach recruited these players. These are good players. These are good coaches. You know, I, I think everyone will agree the assistants, and we can start debating how good each assistant is. That's another discussion. But I think we have good assistants. So what's going on mentally with the team? And if that's where it starts with the head coach, Josh, Brandon. You know, but it, it's so hard to when you speak about that, you know, that mental toughness from a team and they get that culture from their coach. It's strange that you see it come out in such a way that, you know, it, it looks like championship football for those last five to 10 minutes of the game, which you're like, where is this when you should be putting your foot on this opponent's throat in the first and second quarter? But it's okay. But how much of that is? X's and O's versus the Jimmy's and Joe's just 
playing football and making it happen. I mean, Josh, your opinion. It, it's almost like when they're just in desperation and they're not thinking and they're just out there just just playing. It's when right. they're at their best. They just, especially, I feel like this, especially on defense, they just look a step slow. Like it takes them a step yeah. to process things. And once they process it, uh, Gary Brightwell is already like five yards on the field. Yeah. And they're running into each other or there's not – there's always – I mean, I don't know if you guys can notice this too, but there's there's so many misalignments. And I'm not a super X's and O's guy, but it's obvious that you need a person in every single gap and they're just missing right. it. Right. And I, I did see a little bit better gap control this game. There were some – there were a lot of – There were some adjustments yeah. in the second Yeah, half. there were a lot of – outside leaks in that first game and I saw them early here but they got tightened up you know what I'm saying on, on the one play I think uh at towards the end on that screen that turned into a touchdown I I, I kind of go back to the ASU game before because that was a play where in in the against ASU Hufunga had the outside should have kept outside contained but kind of cheated to make a tackle and the and the guy snuck outside, and Palomar was coming on the inside angle. Well, this game, Palomar took that outside angle, kind of thinking maybe the same situation will happen, and that receiver walked straight inside. So that's that's a chemistry thing that these guys got to build for and trust each other. Like, hey, I know this guy's going to do his job, and this is my job to do. You know what I'm saying? And that's something they have to build. You, you would have thought got built during the spring, but they didn't get that. You know, so now they're – Go ahead, so, Mark. No, I was just going to say, so if, if we're trying to, you know, to, to pump up the whole discipline mantra, if you're the same player or players are consistently making the same mistakes, whether it be penalties, being out of position, at a certain point, you have to sit them down for a series or two to, to discipline them, to get the point across, to maybe make sure that uh, they're not doing too much uh, being selfish, um, you know, and I raise the issue, you know, it, there's a, there is a balancing act that coaches yeah. have with their players, keeping them in position, but also allowing them to make a play. Right. And it, it's a tight balance in that, you know, it, it's one that coaches have to develop that because it might be different from player to player right. and you just got to right. know which players could handle what and, you know, go from there. Yeah, and it also helps. I was gonna say all the great defenses got a got a guy that handles that on the field. Like you know that he knows where everyone is supposed to be and right. how to handle it. And when I look at USC's defense, yeah, there's leaders on it, like Isaiah Polamau, Talano Funga, guys have been here for a while, but I just don't know that there's that one guy that can sit everyone down and say, This is what we're doing wrong, because they're all making mistakes. So it's hard to have that accountability when everyone is having issues. You know, that's right. That that's why they put the C on the jersey though, right? Yeah, true, true. Man, you know, I, I, but Lightfoot was wearing that C. But but let's think about some great USC defenses of the past. They always had great linebackers, and, and this is that's one thing that I, you know I was thinking about this team yesterday. We see good pressure. We know there's good coverage downfield a lot of times because the quarterback's holding on to the ball. But there's a gap missing somewhere in there, and that gap. The only thing I could put in that missing space is our linebackers. Where's our linebacking core? So yeah. I, 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 Scott and I were having this conversation on the, on the drive home. You know, it does the personnel that we have on the roster right now, does it fit what Coach Teo is trying to implement? And let's remember, he has not had a lot of time 
with the players. You know, his implementation has been how we're doing this right now mm -hmm. via Zoom up until, you know, fall camp, pretty much. Right. So there is that much of a handicap. It's not an excuse, but, you know, it is what it is. We, you have to talk about it. Yeah. Um, the other issue with the linebackers, and it's a glaring issue for me, you know, you guys can agree or disagree, and I'd love to hear your, your comment. This team lacks speed at that second level. I mean, mm. it, it's evident. Yeah. I've never seen a USC team lack this much speed on both sides of the ball. Right. And, and it's a, it, it, it's almost not like they're not fast to me, but they're just not playing fast to me. They're not playing aggressively. I don't see players really, hey, seeing a decisive play and, and making that move towards the ball sometimes. You know what I mean? Look, we've got a Chris Steele and an ITS, Isaac Taylor Stewart. They can chase guys down from behind. Yeah. They've got the, that speed. They've got the fast fast guys exactly. i want them chasing the guys down from behind i want the guys being able to chase east to west you know yeah. we need our, our our linebackers just got to play more aggressive you know they gotta they gotta start playing more at and behind the line of scrimmage at times especially in the run game you know josh you watched it on tv with with brandon what did you see what are you well, saying you know, on here, here's what i say i'll say i you know, for the last couple of weeks, I've been watching some of the other elite teams in college football, the Clemsons of the world, the Ohio States of the world. The Coastal Carolinas. Yes, the Coastal, the BYUs of the world. Yeah. Um, all those teams got backers that are constantly in the backfield. And I just, I yeah. don't, I don't, like the outside guys get there. At goals and drag jacks have been very good in my opinion. But Absolutely. The inside backers, I just never see them there. And ironically, it took mm -hmm. Raymond Scott going in there and just, he was just playing. Like, it just looked like he was like, you know what? I'm just going to make things happen. Right. And he came in there and he blew up the running back as soon as he got in there and pass protection. Mm -hmm. And that's just what you need. It's just your inside backers have to be extremely aggressive in my opinion and make themselves, make their presences felt. And I just I, honestly, I thought that they pulled Polly EA and put Raymond Scott in. I wasn't even aware till, that he got hurt until the, till later on in the game, because I, once Raymond Scott came in the game, you notice linebacker play. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. We weren't talking about any linebackers this season up until the, the point where Raymond Scott really got in there. And I, I think, like you asked about the personnel for this staff, you know, I just wonder if we have a true middle backer right. in this group. And and that's not a knock on T.O. That's, you know, did we like – and, and we, we have line. middle linebackers on the roster, but they're not available in Solo and um, Iosefa. Right. And like I said, you guys that Josh mentioned at the beginning of the show who are injured and yeah. don't look like they're going to be back anytime soon. Um, and, you know, if EA is in concussion protocol, I watched him walk off the field, you know, carrying his own shoulder pads in the second half. Um, you know, granted, that, that was then. I'll be shocked if he's playing on this weekend. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, we all know USC is very cautious to begin with. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, especially yeah. concussions. And if SC is playing at Utah at elevation, I don't know. Do you want to bring them on the trip? Yeah, the variables involved. But I'll, injury aside, I just thought that the linebackers were noticeable once Raymond Scott, like you mentioned, Josh, got in there and started disrupting in the backfield, whether it was 
chasing down the quarterback from behind, blowing up the running back, like you mentioned. He 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 started making plays on the other side of the line of scrimmage, and that's how linebackers get noticed. That's where good linebackers play. Right, and it, you know it's it's one thing if you know it's great if they're in the backfield, but if they're not, then you have to make the stop three or four yards down the field, and you know. You know, I hate to single people out here, but there was a play where Grant Cannell, who is, isn't necessarily Jaden Daniels, you know, and, and he comes and, and Raylan Goforth has him dead to rights. Yes. And Goforth hits him with, I mean, uh, Gannell hits him with the slowest juke I've ever seen and just breaks it off. And that you can't have that. And what's more, more frustrating is that I know that Todd Orlando knows that because the whole, all, when we had him last week, all he talked about was angles and, yep. you know, all that kind of stuff. And then they come out and they look the same. Yeah. Yeah, you know it's frustrating for him because as you just you just said, Josh, you know, he when he came on with the media last week on Wednesday or whatever day we had the defense, you know, he knows it's on him. He's got to fix it. it. It's his group. Um, but again, you know, we're not trying to single out individual players, but no, not at all. Yeah. The the linebackers right now are they're struggling. I guess that's the best way of putting it. They're struggling in this new defense. And because the defensive line, they're playing balls to the wall. I mean, I think they're playing outstanding. Yeah, I think the so D-line is really well. Yeah, go ahead, yeah probably one of the brighter spots of the team right now, especially the way Marlon T is playing up front. He's looking like a first-rounder to me. He yeah. is dominant right now. Yeah. Um, the, the ends are coming up strong. They're keeping the pocket contained better. You know, QBs, if you notice, every time, even last week, Jaden Daniels took off, he had to step up into the pocket to find that running lane. He wasn't leaking outside around our ends, you know, uh, uh, getting wild. So I, I like what the D-line is doing most definitely. And, and again, just so it doesn't sound like we're being hypercritical, um, I, you know, in the second half, they, they made some adjustments because whatever, you know, they were doing in the first half offensively for Arizona, it wasn't working that well with mm -hmm. the quarterback, you know, um, as far as getting out of the pocket and extending drives and extending plays. So they were able to make that adjustment. Hopefully, they'll be right. a little bit more carrying over, you know, next week. Right. No, we we helped Arizona a lot. We helped Arizona out a lot in the second half, well, assisting them on some drives, keeping them alive, third down penalties, um, and, and you know the big play up top, you know. So we definitely did our share in you know keeping them going and shooting ourselves in the foot at the same time on the other end. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, we you know we. I think we do have to mention special teams, yeah. Uh, yeah. because yeah. special teams has not been. You know, I had I had really high hopes for a unit under Sean Snyder. Uh, this is a guy whose his track record is really good. Like if you took a if, if you take a look back at some of the returners he's had and some of the units he's coached, it's really good. Right. Um, and it they they just look out of sync still, right? They yeah. something just looks a tad off there. And, you know, in the kicking game, too, you know, Parker Parker Lewis misses that that gimme. And it was, like, around 30 yards, I believe. And then – Yeah. And then you, you talk about shooting yourself in the foot. The sequence that stood out most to me is USC drives down the field, right? Eric Cromenhoek scores a touchdown, the slant. And then Parker Lewis comes out, and he kicks it straight out of bounds. Kicks it out of bounds. And that's the game yeah. And you don't want to be – you don't want to harsh too hard on a freshman. Right. But, you know, especially because last, let's, let's be honest, last week he came through in the clutch. Absolutely. That was a beautiful. beautiful right. Game. So, you know, there, he's got a little bit of a leash, 
He's got some latitude. Um, but you're right. It's those types of things that, that, that break the momentum. Instead of teams starting the 25, now they're starting the 35. And that just increases their chance at a scoring opportunity. Especially when USC is already playing herky-jerky with extending drives with penalties and, you know, taking bad pursuit angles, yada, yada, yada. So let's not tempt fate. You're right. This is the one group we always want to be able to rely on (laughs) week to week and not be concerned about it. I mean, even... I. Was that Damon Johnson? Did he have a bad snap or did Ben drop the, the hold? Where Parker, because again, Parker modified his step and nailed the field goal. So you kind of got to take the good with the bad. Yeah, and I, I think I've been giving Parker a little bit of slack because of the fact he is a freshman kicker. And I see a lot of potential in his future. You know what I'm saying? I think he's got a, yeah, a, a heck of a future on the horizon. Yeah, definitely a big leg. Differently, it really does. So, I mean, even we PATs, we got to gain that consistency for sure. Even on his PATs, the ball is literally almost going over that catch net behind yeah. the foot up behind the goalpost. Oh, you could hear it on his foot. The first PAT he kicked the season, it just sounded different. Right. If that makes any sense. <laughs> no, it does. So, hopefully, that will improve. Um, you know, it was great to see Gary Bryant and Keenan Kristen lined up back there returning kickoffs. Uh, it would have been great had Arizona maybe helped out a little bit and kicked it so one of our guys <laughs> attempted a return. <laughs> but, you know, their kicker puts it out of the back of the end zone. That's what you're supposed to do. Right. I think we need to give Gary Brown a quick shout-out because, uh, you know, he didn't have a big statistical game, but he was out there. And he's not the biggest dude, but he, he puts his face in there and he blocks. And, yeah. you know – I, I don't know if you guys remember the play where John Jackson kind of broke loose yeah. for a little bit and Gary yeah. got blown up. Gary got blown up, but what did he do? He did the job. He, he the did the job. He yeah. did and he that's what you want. All right. So shout out Gary. Speaking of, speaking of John Jackson, you know, dad would have stiffed on that dude to the ground and continued his way. <laughs> Either that or her. No, that was big play by John too. Oh, that was awesome. Yeah. What'd he go for 23 yards, something like that? Just the first right. thing. You know, our, our, the, the receiving talent at USC, even in even when we look our worst on offense, that receiving talent finds a way to, to show itself. You know what I'm saying? It does. You know, I, I think the most disappointing thing for me from this game uh, was there was just some old tendency showed themselves again. Uh, we were hoping not to see that this year. That was the growth we were hoping to see. Now, yes, and I'll, yes, it was the first game on the road. Yes, they're dealing with all sorts of stuff that no team should have to deal with. But you know what? So is it. everyone else in the country is dealing with it. Right. Um, but some of these tendencies, Stephen Carr breaks off a huge run. He's in the open field. He's got blockers. Set the blockers up. He's trying right. to do too many things, and he tripped himself up. Right. He might not have gotten the end zone, but he cost himself another 10 yards. Is easy. that where he tripped off Tyler? It looked like he might have, yeah, slipped off. No, nah, it looked like he tripped off the grass to me. Yeah. What's okay. the shortest distance between what, – what's the shortest distance from point A to point B? <laughs> A straight line. <laughs> right. When you're in the open field like that, no more zigzagging. Yeah, I thought he should have just stayed to the inside and took right. it as far as he could right. that way. Right. Yeah. Man, and 
because he's got he's got the speed and right. he's been playing with a with an attitude i mean he's right. initiating contact so even if one of the defenders did get to him great finish the play that's there three or four go. more yards right there yeah right exactly yeah. it probably could have easily carried that dude so down to the five so you know and, and it's just they have did, to realize how did that how did that series end i think that ended in a field goal didn't it did that one end in a field goal was that the one that Gabe put us at 17, I believe? Yeah. So, again, it's a momentum breaker. It's those types of things. 14. When did we play? And, and, and Clay, they – Clay talked about it during fall camp. He noticed Stephen Carr doing these little things of mm-hmm. – he was starting to dance. And he would pull himself, don't do that. Yeah, just run. And But that's – it sticks to the common theme. Finish. Finish. Finish that runoff. You know, and we finished that drive off. And that's what's got to be. I, I mean, Stephen Carr at the beginning of the game, dude, just lowering shoulders and, and, and giving forearm shivers to guys. Yeah. And I, they've all been running tough, you know. They've all been running tough. But yeah. it's just emphasizing that type of finishing at the end of those big plays, like you said, and it just changes the dynamics of the game. You know, These are the little things that are going to take this team from being mm-hmm. good to great. Right, and, and that's what people need to understand. It, it takes those little things over and over and over and over again to be a championship football team. I mean, I know it sounds like we're nitpicking. We are. Once again, <laughs> like like we talked about last week, hey, if, if the standard is USC football, then we're talking about championships. Right. right. So. If you can execute your two-minute offense, <clears throat> you should be able to execute that offense all game long. Mm-hmm. I don't want I don't want to have to hear Clay come on and say we got started late. That's just you can't get started late every week. Yeah. No. It's, no. No. You know at some point so, you're gonna run into somebody that's not you can't come you're not gonna be able to come back from that at some point. Right. You're dancing with the devil right now. You really are. Mm-hmm. And you know if it's trending that USC is traveling to Salt Lake City this weekend to play Utah, this is gonna be the third game in a row playing someone with no film yep and, and someone you, licking their chops right and you know utah is going to have a good defense if there's one thing you know about utah regardless of how many players they're replacing this year they have an attitude and they mm-hmm. kyle whittingham recruits for his system unless matt fink is back there then it's then it's all bets off <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, what's it, any any other direction you want to take this, Josh? I, I don't know if there's anything else we can touch on other than him. I mean, I think I think the biggest things for me was a linebacker play. Yeah. Because I, I really do think the other levels of the defense are not bad at all. No. You know, hey, Drake Hunter Eccles is playing the best I've I've seen him play. Nick Figueroa, who's you know, people need to remember Nick Figueroa, this is only like his fourth year playing football. Yep. Yeah. You know, he's he was yeah. a JUCO product. Marlon Tui Peloti is playing like a first rounder, which we saw flashes of, but now he's starting to put it together consistently. He's doing it consistently yeah, now. He, like every he play. That line. Yeah. Yeah. I think there was a couple end. plays he made. I'm sorry to cut you off, Josh. No, there no, was a couple ahead, tackles ahead. he made that I was like, yo, if he didn't make that tackle, that would have cost us right there. You know, he's chasing That's, down dudes on screens. Man. I was just going to say, why is he making the tackle 10 yards down the field, though? Yeah. Yeah, that that shouldn't be happening. I mean, I love that he's he's making that effort. 
that he's even that, and that's that gap that we're talking about right that, that's that area where we want to see the linebackers improve and you know because there was another one i hate to harp on a negative one. they they had that raymond scott and i believe it was Raylan gopher had they got we got to make we got to yeah. make that play that's that's just one of those plays you know we got to get those so you know what as, as we're saying the defense is playing well the dbs grant Gannell, his his first interception was against usc last year guess when the second one was against I don't yeah. Yeah. Now, Probably should have threw one two plays before that too. It yeah. was a gimme, but Talano was in the right place, right time. So we'll take it. No, there could have been another one or two that you know he got away with. Right. And there were a lot of times he had to pull the ball down because there was just nobody open. Right. Yeah. So the DBs are doing their job when they're not holding and you know, half interference. <laughs> Although some of those calls are ticky tacky, I will say that. Sometimes I feel like they're just they're just throwing them, but no, I, it's I, all about it's all about hand placement. Yep. Yes. You know, you know, they, there's a little tug sometimes here and there. And, yeah, you know, but you, overall, you got to be happy with their play. You can tug, but you can't yank. And right. there's a difference. Yeah. There's, and and, and depending on where you tug. Yeah. It's one thing taking the guy's shoulder pad level down a little bit. It's another thing when you take it to the ground. And yeah. No, I, I, was, yeah. I will say a couple of things on the back end that said to me, Elijah Griffin's closing speed. Yes, um, man. He, you know, because sometimes you can get lost on those rub routes, those yeah. little drags, and OG just closes yeah. in. I think he prevented and a first down one time. And, he's yeah. probably our best, our best and, corner. And, and I don't I think agree. people know how how hard it is to run across the field on that crossing route with a receiver and, and, and still make that play, like you said, to save the first down. Because he did it, I believe. I, I'm not sure if he saved the first down twice, but I know I saw him at least three times. As soon as that dude on that cross route caught it, he was there for the tackle for sure. OG is healthy this year, and he's playing like it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And like you said, they're they're making him chase the receiver. They're not, they're not really throwing at him. They're yeah. making him, you know, they're making him chase the receiver, like Josh was saying, across the field. Mm-hmm. I wonder, I wonder how you guys feel about the nickel play, uh, because I know there's a bit of a uh, there's a situation there, in my opinion, with you just with Max it. Williams and, and Greg Johnson. There's a situation. Um, there. Yeah. Uh, you know, Greg got beat on that deep ball. It looked like I, I couldn't tell if it was miscommunication or you know just a beat. It was but, zero cover. Yeah, it, it yeah no, I mean, yeah, it, I was confused on what the safeties were looking at. The safeties had their eyes in the backfield, and um, well, for, for them to be in zero coverage, they need to be doing something because they were just standing there. <laughs> so, Greg Johnson were, obviously were, thought that wasn't zero coverage. They were in a coverage. There, there wasn't enough separation. Yeah, yeah. It, Isaiah didn't. He didn't get any depth. He kind of came up and was looking in the backfield. So I don't know what was the call on that, or you know where his eyes were. But yeah, Greg definitely thought he had safety help over the top on that. I'm not gonna say there was some finger pointing or who was doing the finger pointing after that play, but there were a couple players pointing at each other doing. Oh yeah, Spider-Man. you know, and, and I get it. There's gonna be miscommunications at times when you're learning a new defense, especially the way they had to learn it. But to their credit, they tightened things up on the sideline. You know, they didn't they didn't let them hit them again on that big play because that was oh, early yeah. in the second half. I think you know? this is one of the positions where there's a glaring lack of speed. Yeah, most now, definitely. Max is coming off of an injury still, so I'm not sure if he's fully rehabbed there as far as mm-hmm. regaining his speed. Greg, I you know, he's an athlete. He's fast, but 
Some guys are faster. <laughs> I feel like there's 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 DB speed though, and there's just regular speed because you know, you know, sometimes you look at the best corners in this, in National Football League too. It's like, you know, they're not like the fastest guys, but they know how to they know no, how to. But it's about you. playing smart. Yeah, it's exactly. about playing smart and see your leverage. But that, that's what I'm saying. On that play, I really think the way he played that, he had to have felt like he had deep yeah. coverage, deep help with that safety because he let that guy go on an inside release free. You know, and he let him get too far on him because Greg was playing okay. off and he let that guy get way up on him before he, he got out of his pedal. Okay. Was he supposed to be impressed? Was he supposed to knock the guy off? Did, um, he, did he let him go it, completely free? It just looked to me like the way he played it, it, it looked to me as if he felt he had safety oh. help. There's an issue at the nickel. Yeah. Um, yeah. Right now. You know, hopefully Coach Niver can get that rectified soon. Um, because, you know, like we're saying, these are things that are fixable, whether it's, you know, assignment out of position, bad eyes, whatever it is, these things got to get fixed because you only get one loss this year and you're eliminated. So and I'm not talking about playoff contention. I'm talking about yeah. conference championship contention. Whatever happens after that, we'll, we'll look forward from there. So on that one, um, <laughs> yeah. So there you go. The defense, I think they're they're playing fine. Fix yeah. some of these issues. Linebacker uh, and nickel, they're glaring issues. Um, on offense, uh, I, I, I spend too much time on this. Thoughts on Keaton Slovis? Does he have an arm or a hand issue? Yes or no? Brian, you want to start on that? The coach said he don't. He said he don't. He like must have just had a rough game. I'm on this. Yeah, I mean, it's weird because I guess they tweaked his mechanics. Um, so then why do – so his mechanics don't work for three and a half quarters and then his mechanics start working in the – you know, does he just revert back to his old stuff or – you know, because he, he's missing some of the, I remember there was a little out route where he missed Drake London in the red zone, which I just, he just doesn't do that usually. Um, even the deep ball, that ball Kate did not come out great uh, when they got the one that uh, Drake caught. Drake was, yeah, it did not come ugly. out great. Um, you know, and I was a little worried when quarterbacks start wondering that, right? When Max Brown on Twitter said, oh, maybe there's something wrong. When Joel Clatt, you know, who played quarterback said, maybe there's something wrong with his arm. So I don't know. Maybe. Maybe they're just holding it close to the vest and maybe there is an issue. Maybe there is no issue. I guess I, I just don't I know. That, I felt that way until I watched that uh, pass to Crum and Hulk at the end and it just looked like it was normal. So I'm, I, he when said he's, he's fine. I'm going to let him say he's fine. There's When he's had to spin it and put some velocity on it, it's mm -hmm. there. But, you know, when something's coming out of his hand looking like a, you know, a punt end over end, yeah, it was, something's not right. And, that's, and there not was, a, that's not a dry air ball. There was enough of them to show concern for sure. You know, there was Coach enough Hudson of those to show concern. Coach Hudson said on the on the uh, the call today that it was dry, windy conditions. Yeah. Which I, I, I don't know. You know what? <laughs> just, you, I, was, I, I wasn't there for the forecast, so I can't call it. Me neither. It was a gorgeous day is all I will say. Okay. Um, yeah, so, I mean – if USC says he's fine, and if he says he's fine, I'm gonna stick with that. We'll see what it looks like next week. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not gonna put put on my investigative reporter hopefully. hat and, and 
How do you, what's your confidence level that this Utah game happens? So, you know, we, we checked with a couple of sources on our drive home and right now it's trending Utah. Um, which is kind of weird considering the way they set up the schedule, having mm-hmm. us to travel two weeks in a row. Mm-hmm. Best case scenario, you know, with no game cancellations. Right. Uh, you know, maybe the thought process was, you know, keeping the teams in their state as much as possible later in the year, I guess. I don't know. But I mean, in my opinion, it would be better for USC to play Colorado home this week and then travel to Utah the following week. You know, just from a selfish perspective, I guess. Yeah, no, I understand that. <laughs> it's gonna be cold, but it'll be cold. Right. It'll be cold two weeks from now too. So, <laughs> I guess it's you know six in one hand and half a dozen in the other. I know this team's got some work to do. Um, they're definitely not a, uh, a yeah. playoff contender. I just feel like you know, and, and I don't. We keep saying every week, "Oh, these problems are fixable. Well, all these problems are coachable." When are they gonna get fixed? When are yeah, we? Right. When are they gonna get coached? Like it's the same stuff. I mean, the glaring ones. Yeah, we we eliminated the turnovers, but man, that those third and ones. That that's a turnover. Very fortunate. Very fortunate in that department as well. So let's uh, let's not push that issue too hard. Um, yeah, but I but fourth and one and the non-conversion. That's still a turnover. Remember, we were fortunate enough to keep this game going because an interception went through a defender's hand right into Amon Ra's. Amon Ra, yeah. Oh man, right. I I audibly screamed for that. I uh, yeah, I when I saw Roland Wallace come up and that ball just bounced right off his fingertips and right into Amon Ra's hands. Here's the thing: it the, it's the the ball shouldn't even been thrown. Yeah. So he didn't even see the defender is the first question that I'm thinking. I mean, did he think he was going over the defender in that small of a window? Because there was no gap. Nope. I mean, we're talking two yards at the most. Hey, we got a little bit of luck smiling on us right now, I guess. But how long that. can we survive like that? Clay Helton has, if he's got nine lives, he's on eight and a half right now. Right. <laughs> Right. He's got more than right. that. That's you know, I mean, and, and I know I was a little late to the conversation, but there's a crowd out there screaming fire Clay Helton again. Do they have a realistic shot? Because, you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of different variables added to the problem now with contracts and buyouts during a pandemic that I will never ask for a man's or a person's job. It's just not my place. Mm-hmm. After the season, if you want my opinion, I'll offer it. I'll point out I'll point out the deficiencies and, and my concerns now. Um, but yeah, so that I, think I, I, I will say this as far as I, I do respect that most definitely I do. But I will say this as far as college football, it's a little different waiting until after the season because of the momentum that that it takes once a head coach is hired. So that's why I bring up the fact that. Absolutely. You Most right. of those decisions on coaching staffs in college are made. I know you know, it sounds like I'm season, hedging. So. I know it sounds like I'm hedging and, and, and being a snowflake about this, but right. this is just I, I just I would hate for somebody to be talking about me and, and publicly and saying, fire him right now. Oh yeah. Oh, oh yeah. No, that's understandable for sure. Yeah. Um, oh yeah, yeah. Well, I don't think it's gonna happen either way. Look, he just from a from a as a from a from from a personal p- 
personable perspective. He's a good dude. You're mm. not going to find any character flaws with him. So he hasn't done anything to justify being fired mid-season. Mark, people think we're lying when we say that. You know, you know, every it's funny because everyone who you know, you and me and other media members, we tell you because there's things we see behind the scenes, right? That that really show that, and none, people don't believe us. Wow, well, it's the truth. It yep. really is. You know what? You can, we can debate his his X's and O's and whether or not he's he's earned the job and to and to continue with it. That's a whole discussion that can be had. Mm-hmm. But do not question the guy's character and who he is as a person. Never. That, that's just no, most of, and the fact that he cares about these kids for absolutely. sure. Absolutely. So, on that, um, you know, we won't take this any further. We got next week. Hopefully, it's going to be Utah. It could be Colorado. Josh, I know you got finals this week. Is that or are you done? No, I got two finals with this week, a project this week, and then one final next week. And then this semester is finally over. And then you get to do another semester online. And then I get to do another six months of Zoom. Yes. <laughs> are you Are you even considering coming back to California, or are you pretty? Much I am. Gone? I am because I need to get I need to get up out of here for a little bit. So maybe we'll see. You know what? Uh, you know, real quickly, we were talking about this before we started. It was nice to have a little bit of normalcy in Arizona to sit down in a restaurant. It was pretty cool. Hey, Florida's normal. I'll tell you that, Mark. To have some fans <laughs> in the stadium, granted, it was just family members. It was neat. To see the band <laughs> playing outside the stadium, hopefully USC can figure something out. Figure that out. Yep. Why they weren't inside the stadium, I don't know. They were literally on the other side of the wall playing so <laughs> Josh thanks for hosting Brandon thanks for doing this again we'll come at you Appreciate again y'all having me. Yeah, it's not, stop it. we'll have a <laughs> uh, Scoop TV we'll do this again next week and then as always we're going to convert this into a, our one we're all one big Trojan family podcast uh, for those of you who like to do the podcast thing so until next week Brandon, Josh. Hey. 2 and 0 baby. 2 and 0. Undefeated. Fight on. Fight on.